Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Faces of TBI podcast series. I am Amy Zellmer, founder of FacesofTBI.com and your host. Today, I will be chatting with Elizabeth Wilson about her brain tumor journey. This episode is brought to you by Midwest Functional Neurology Center, a Minneapolis-based clinic staffed by a caring and progressive team of functional neurologists who are experienced in treating post-concussion syndrome, chronic pain, dizziness, whiplash, and migraines. They are the concussion doctors you can trust for comprehensive brain health in the Midwest. They have greatly helped me and many others. You can find them online at mnfunctionalneurology.com. Hello, everyone. I am Amy Zalmer, and you are listening to Faces of TBI, a podcast series for survivors by survivors, raising awareness about traumatic brain injury, one podcast at a time. Those of you who might not know who I am, I am a TBI survivor from a fall on the ice in February of 2014. I am a frequent contributor to the Huffington Post, Thrive Global, and the Good Men Project, and I volunteer on the Brain Injury Association of America's Advisory Council. And I recently released my second book, Embracing the Journey, Moving Forward After Brain Injury. You can learn more about me and the podcast at facesoftbi.com. And you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zellmer. And today is a very special podcast. Today is my 100th episode. Um, It's a very exciting milestone. And later this month, it's also my three-year anniversary. So I think that the 100th episode is such an incredible milestone. Um, When I started this crazy podcast journey, I really didn't know how it would turn out. So I'm super excited to have Elizabeth here today. Um, And she is just an awesome person. I met her in Washington, D.C. this summer. I think it was summer. Um, And we were at the Federal Interagency TBI Conference, and I had the opportunity to meet her. Um, She actually uh, came running up behind me (laughs) and told me she was stalking me. (laughs) Well, I haven't been following you for a long time. So I'm really glad you came up and introduced yourself to me. Um, And so I'm just so happy to have you here today. Thanks for being here. And like I said, it's my 100th podcast anniversary, and I didn't really know how it would shake down because, you know, I kind of schedule a ways out, and I've been trying to calculate who was going to end up being my 100th podcast guest. Um, So I'm so happy it's you and that you're here today, um, somebody I can celebrate with. (laughs) So, Elizabeth, why don't... It's a huge achievement. It is. It is. Like I said, you know, I had no no idea... um, how the podcasts would go over and it's just absolutely astounding how many people listen every month to my podcast. So I know it's doing a lot to raise awareness. So Elizabeth, why don't you start out just by sharing your background, your brain tumor and um, you know, you had a lot of it in your bio. So I took it out 
for my introduction because I didn't want to give it all away. I wanted you to share it. <laughs> so <laughs> why don't you go ahead and um, tell us a little bit about your brain tumor journey and where, um, okay. where that started. Okay. Um, I don't, do you, do you want to read my bio first or do you want me to just go ahead and start? I'll let you just jump in. Okay. Um, well, uh, I am, um, as you mentioned, a brain tumor survivor and also a survivor of concussion, um, which is kind of, for me, uh, uh, the double whammy, I guess. But I, I see it now as a blessing in disguise because of what I want to do with, with the journey that I've been on. I, I have both of those experiences, and, and I can help other people um, based on what I've gone through. Um, but I was a litigation attorney working at a big law firm when I started having some cognitive problems. And I didn't know what really was going on. I didn't even understand at the time the full extent of what was happening. Um, and I just kind of kept working really hard and um, going to doctors because I thought I had ADHD. Um, and so I kind of started going downhill um, in my performance and I didn't really understand what was happening. I didn't know and have a lot of awareness of what was happening to me. Um, I had a lot of um, sensory overstimulation. Like I had a hard time with loud noises and bright lights and things like that. And I just thought it was stress and, and I didn't really put it all together. Nobody really thinks, Oh, hey, I think I have a brain tumor, you know, it's not something <laughs> right. that most people put at the top of their mind, like, oh my gosh, like I'm having, you think of different things, you kind of, for every symptom, I found some, um, you know, plausible reason why it was happening, and I saw different doctors for the the things that I had, um, like visual symptoms, and I went to the eye doctor, and I had, you know, the attention problems, and organization, and time management, and all kinds of things that started coming up, and I went to doctors for ADHD, and I didn't Nobody really put it all together, um, and I was talking to my primary care doctor about a lot of physical issues that I was having, and he was doing tests and not finding anything. So eventually, um, I actually lost my job as an attorney because of the performance problem, um, and I still didn't know what was wrong with me. Um, and I, uh, you know, that was a huge, huge blow to my, um, not of my ego, but also just my pride. I really prided myself in working hard. But I uh, am doing a good job. Um, and eventually I started having severe vertigo, severe um, loss of balance of being able, not being able to walk. Well, it looked like I was going to fall down when I was walking. Um, and I um, was eventually di uh, diagnosed with an inner ear injury. Um, and my, in doing that diagnosis, there was a something that came up that showed on my pineal gland, which is the gland in the very center of your brain that um, is a little bit of a mystery to doctors, but it does uh, for sure create melatonin in the brain that helps to um, control your sleep-wake cycles and help you go to get sleepy at night. Um, and I was having severe insomnia, which was another clue that something was very wrong with me. Um, but at the time, the doctors said I had something that was incidental and it didn't really cause problems um, at what they found on, the, on the, that pineal gland. I continued to have symptoms after I had surgery for my inner ear problem and I eventually was um, referred to a neurologist and a neuro-ophthalmologist who did, they did testing and realized that there was some severe vision um, problems that I was having and there was something between 
my eye and the occipital lobe where vision is finally processed, that was getting, um, the, the brain wave was getting deteriorated. Uh, I got another MRI and they found, um, again, something on the pineal gland, but they, again, they said it was incidental. By this time, I had done my own research because I could not work. It had been months since I'd been able to work, and I was desperate. My my condition was going downhill quickly, um, and I had started having speech impairment and um, not able to really do normal living anymore. Um, and I was able to do some research and find doctors who specialized in pineal tumors and I went to them and found out that I actually had uh, what is called a, a pineocytoma with a very rare brain tumor which is less than than 0.5% of all brain tumors so less than half of 1% of brain tumors is this kind of tumor so that's why nobody had been able to properly diagnose me wow um, yeah so it was, it, was a, it was a months long journey just to get to the diagnosis after it was initially found. And Elizabeth, like roughly how old were you? Were you like in your early 30s when this happened? No, actually, I, I, I think I look younger than I am. I'm actually 42 now. And so it, this happened um, when I was 39, 39 into 40. So I had my mm-hmm. 40th birthday when I was having a lot of problems and, and, um, and not able to work. And it was kind of a, it was a rough 40, yeah, yeah, we're um, we're yeah. kindred spirits in that way. I I literally fell six weeks before my fortieth, and I kind of don't mm-hmm. remember my fortieth. <laughs> yeah, so, the, the, I can the relate. Thing for me was the big thing for me when I was when I turned forty is that I actually drove two like three blocks away to meet some friends who were having dinner, and they kind of added on a birthday party for me because they realized it was my birthday um and it was something where I hadn't driven at all in uh four months because it was just too difficult for me I had severe vertigo and you know that was dangerous so um I had recovered enough from the inner ear problem that I could drive three blocks and I felt so excited I was like yes I can do this um, but I, I continued my my condition continued to decline after that though, so I, you know it's still up and down. But it was one of those things where wow, I'm celebrating my 40th birthday, and I am celebrating the fact that I can drive three blocks. <laughs> so not the same person I used to be. <laughs> so anyway, I I definitely was relieved to find to actually get a diagnosis, and that was huge um, because it was also the key to getting treated. So I had brain surgery in July 2016, and I actually went out of state to um, Charleston, South Carolina. I'm from the Dallas area in Texas, so I actually went out to, to Medical University of South Carolina to have surgery, and um, it was a success, and I started to have um, improvement of symptoms right away. Um, but I had a lot of lingering problems, and um, so it took – about three months after brain surgery, I realized I needed some rehabilitation. I was definitely not doing as well as I had thought. I mean, I thought I was going to get back to practicing law and I was going to get right back on the horse, you know. So I'm, I'm going to interject really quickly because um, you're bringing up a point 
that I want to point out. So when you had the surgery, did the doctor say anything about that this would pretty much be like you're going to have a brain injury? No. No. Yeah, they didn't that's, even like that's, that's been one of yes, not at all. And that's been one of my like missions, one of my causes, as you know, um to better educate people and raise awareness about brain tumors and brain surgery. Mm-hmm. Those are brain injuries, you know. Yes. And um and that that's where I and, you know, we haven't really talked about my background beyond being an attorney, and that's where this really came in handy. I thought my undergraduate degrees were kind of my just at some point I realized I wasn't using those um, for, you know, what I would say undergrad for, and I ended up going to law school, and I thought, well, those are just in the past, but they came up again because I had undergraduate degrees from the University of Southern California in psychology and occupational therapy with a minor in neuroscience. So I was equipped to realize that I was going that having a brain tumor itself is an acquired brain injury, that brain surgery was going to be a brain injury, and that rehabilitation is key to overcoming these types of overcoming these types of injuries. And I think that's something that I came into the process knowing in the back of my head um, that a lot of people don't realize, or maybe you know mm-hmm. they just haven't had the exposure to that to to know that there's so much that can be done, and the doctors don't really tell you that. A lot of times when you're working with brain tumors, the focus is more on cancer. My my tumor was benign, and although it greatly diminished my quality of life and my ability to function it was very unlikely to kill me, you know, like it mm-hmm. wasn't going to be, it's not, wasn't malignant. It wasn't something that I needed chemo or radiation, but I, I definitely needed surgery. Um, and a lot of times in the brain tumor world, the focus is on cancer and just overcoming the cancer or, or, you know, beating the brain tumor and not so much on quality of life after treatment uh, or during treatment um, and qual- the ability to regain function after the brain tumor. It's like you've, you've slayed the beast, you've won the battle, should be, you know, thankful and celebrate. But that, what you're left with is so devastating still because you aren't the same person you were and your abilities have been so um, impaired during the time that the tumor was impacting you that the brain has learned this negative plasticity it's got these dysfunctional patterns and it doesn't just go away because the brain tumor went away right and you know this is something I hear over and over again that people had had a brain tumor whether it was removed or not removed um, but doctors never said anything about brain injury and they Mm -hmm. struggled for months or years you know with symptoms like you did right and you know when you when you have brain surgery, you know you have a tumor removed, and there's a really good chance a little chunk of your brain's gonna come out with it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they have to like literally kind of move your brain around to get to mm-hmm. the tumor. Um, yeah. So it's you know it's it's a brain injury, and um, mm-hmm. I think doctors are are you know doing a huge disservice by not telling their patient 
exactly. This is a brain exactly. injury. And, you and know, you need rehab. They're, <laughs> they're, they're, they're literally drilling and then cutting your skull. Like, they drill a little hole into your brain so they can put the little saw in there. I mean, not into your brain, I'm sorry, into your skull. <laughs> and then they use a little saw to open up a hole in your skull, and they take that away. And that's, you know, so they're exposing, they're opening your brain to the air, you know, and then they're going in to the brain. Luckily, the way that they approached mine, they were able to go between the, the lobes of the brain because my, my tumor was in the very center of the brain. So they were able to avoid going through a lot of tissue. Um, but even then, like, your brain does not like being invaded, and it starts to uh, right. bring up the immune responses and inflammation because it, it definitely is on the attack after something is in there that doesn't belong there. Um, and so, yeah, there's, there's a huge um, reaction, just like after you'd have a concussion, you know, your brain, you know, rallies the troops and it starts trying to uh, it repairs things. And this, and it, that ends up causing, you know, swelling and inflammation. And the same thing happens after brain surgery. And so it's very, it's, you know, it's not exactly the same type of injury, but it's, so similar um, in so many ways, and the, the way that it impairs you afterwards is there's so much overlap in what we experience. Um, I started going to a brain in, a TBI support group um, because I realized that my symptoms were so much like anyone else with the TBI, um, and so that was something that I found a lot of comfort in. And, and a lot of patients with brain tumors don't even realize that that they'd be able to find so much support if they went to a TBI support group. Um, the one that I went to actually was called ABI, which is acquired brain injury, which includes the things like tumors and strokes and that type of thing where you acquire an injury and it's not necessarily from trauma. Um, but it's a lot of them are just called TBI um, or resources on the Internet where it it's talks about brain injury or TBI resources and and a lot of times brain injury brain tumor patients don't realize that applies to them too it's something that could help them too when did you come to the understanding that you had a brain injury like what was it for you that made that connection mostly I think it was that I because of my background of just, I've always been a researcher and with my attorney skills, I scoured the internet learning as much as I could about brain tumors and something in the literature that I read mentioned that. And it didn't really start to gel for me as much until I started listening to podcasts and, you know, that's where I started to, to follow you <laughs> and, and others um, where I realized, you know, there's resources out there about brain injury um, that applied to me and, and, the, and what I was experiencing at the time because I started looking for it before I even had brain surgery. Um, so I actually had found, um, I went on to my podcast app on my phone and I searched for brain injury and I found Adventures in Brain Injury podcast with Kevin Ballister, who later I ended up doing some work with um, with, with his Feed a Brain project with the uh, How to Feed a Brain book. Um, but it, you know, back then I just I realized from his the podcast that I listened to, I started to see I have these symptoms and I am 
the mechanisms of injury they're talking about, um, and some of the people mentioned brain tumors as well, I realized this is, this is exactly the kind of stuff that's going to help me recover from my brain surgery. Um, and so I started looking at brain injury resources too. So it was, it was about, it was about two months before, two to three months before surgery when I had had my confirmation of my diagnosis that I actually started going down that path of gathering all those resources that I could. And so, so you also, you, you, you mentioned that you also suffered a concussion. So, um, where did the concussion come in on your journey and how did, um, did you experience setbacks with that or how did that affect you as well? Yeah, I sure did. So, um, so I did have, a, you know, I went through extensive rehabilitation after brain surgery. I started at about three months afterwards and I, um, did about five months of day treatment neurorehabilitation um, at, at a traditional uh, outpatient um, center where you go for full full days of, of treatment. And I got discharged in May of 2017, I mean, March of 2017. And I was trying to figure out what I was going to do because um, I realized I couldn't go back to being an attorney. And, um, you know, I started realizing I wanted to do something with neurorehabilitation, with helping people, you know, going back and using my undergraduate experience and, the, and what I'd gone through to help others. And so as I, as I was ramping up my efforts towards that and kind of transitioning, um, I realized that I needed to, to move. I needed to sell the house that I had and move to a smaller house because I couldn't afford it anymore because I wasn't going to go back to being an attorney. So I did that. So then I was living in a house where everything was in a different place than it had been before. Yeah. Um, and I still had a brain injury from my brain tumor and brain surgery. And I was still, you know, not 100%. Um, and I, I remember waking up in the middle of the night with this anxious thought of like, oh, I have to grab my phone. I need to, I need to check. I think I have to do something tomorrow. And as I was getting out of my bed, because I don't keep my phone right next to me because of the EMF, I want to keep it a little farther mm-hmm. away. So I was getting out of the bed. I stumbled a little. I It was dark. And I forgot that there is a bookcase right next to my bed. Not, oh, not no. Just, but, you know, like, not like it was in my old house. And I, I slammed my forehead straight into the side of a bookcase. So... It wasn't like a car accident. I didn't fall on the ice like you did. It wasn't something super traumatic. Um, I kind of grabbed my forehead, and I was like, oh, God, that was dumb. You know, I was thinking, wow, that hurt. And, and I just kind of went back to sleep. I didn't – I lost all, <laughs> all like, thought of ever, like, grabbing my phone or anything. I just like, wow, that hurt, and, and I went back to sleep. And it, the next day, I kind of forgot about it. And it wasn't until I, the next day that I started driving to an appointment and I realized, like, all the cars on the road seemed like they were driving frantically. Like, they were bothering me. I'm like, oh, like, people are all driving so fast, you know. And then I went to this meeting with, it was actually with my um, my vocational counselor trying to help me figure out how to get back to working. And she'd seen me before and I'd met with her before. But in this meeting, I was like, I'm sorry, can you turn off the light? Like, that fluorescent light's really bothering me. 
So she, you know, and I'm thinking, well, that's weird. I haven't had to ask someone to turn off the lights in a long time. But, you know, we, we turn off the lights. And I'm driving back home, and I'm, like, and I'm thinking, why am I hushed? Like, I, this feels familiar. These symptoms are starting, you know. And I realized, oh, my God, I hit my head last night. So I said, okay, no phone, no computer. I need to rest. Like, I need to not, my brain needs to rest, and I, hopefully I can cut this off the path. Um, the next day I had severe nausea, my, you know, the severe headaches. And if I, apparently I was, um, my speech was really slurred and I was, I was just not talking correctly. And if I even like bent my head forward a little, I would get so nauseous and it was terrible. Um, and so I, I was taken to the ER and I had, I had a concussion, full blown concussion, you know, all the, all the symptoms that you can imagine I had. Except for seizures, that's one that's one symptom I never had. So, well, and you know, you said it wasn't anything super traumatic. You just hit your head on on the bookshelf, but you know, you already had like a delicate brain, right? Like you'd already been mm-hmm. through your tumor surgery, and you know, exactly. I think once we've already had a significant brain injury, it doesn't take much. And I know I've had moments like I've been putting my dog in the car, and I hit my forehead on the door frame. Mm-hmm. And the first time I did it, I was like, oh, God, oh, my gosh, am I okay? Am I okay? Mm-hmm. Like, I had to sit down and take a minute, right? Like, we're just so much more susceptible. And I, you know, um, it, 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 you just don't know what hit is going to be the one that really takes you down, right? And, right, um, exactly. Because I do think, cause, <laughs> I mean, because this one was a year, it was actually technically it's like 13 months after brain surgery, but I did have a hit where I, I hit my head really hard on the door frame of um, the minivan where they came to pick me up for my brain school. That's what I called my, my <laughs> therapy. So that was I in December. It. So it was, it was like five months after my surgery and I was going, you know, to this new facility where they had a different kind of, van picked me up and I mis- miscalculated getting in and I hit really hard on the back of my head where I where my brain you know like my craniotomy hardware was and like where my where they entered and stuff so it was kind of tender still so I I was like oh wow that hurt and I was nauseous and I was I did have headaches and I was you know like lethargic and everything after that and I probably had a I probably did have a concussion at that point but I didn't see I wasn't thinking about that and I was right. I was having so many other symptoms still at that point I just thought I, I didn't real you know really think about it and it wasn't it didn't go on for days it, it was more like maybe it affected me for about a week so then when I hit my head you know this time uh, you know eight months later it was my brain was like okay no <laughs> this is crazy we're not <laughs> this is too much I mean so I think it was just it was, it was it was just too delicate and it really didn't like it. And I had, yeah. I mean, I was in bed. I couldn't leave my house for about a, I mean, a month because looking, seeing the light felt like daggers and like ice picks being poked into my eyes, like it hurt so bad. So, and I'm sure people, anyone who's had a concussion, like if you've had yeah. that, you know what I'm talking about. Um, so it was it was really um, pretty severe. And at that time, um, I was already working really hard on a project with with Kevin, who I mentioned earlier, 
um, trying to get out the the How to Feed a Brain book. I had started working with him because of my um, nutrition changes that I had made as part of my my uh, supporting my recovery, and um, and he had asked me to help him with the the project to to finish the book and get it out and published because of my background with my being an attorney and being kind of really good with words and editing. Um, so I volunteered to work on that. And uh, unfortunately, I had a concussion <laughs> right after I started working on it. So um, as I was getting better from that, um, I, I really pushed myself pretty hard, probably too hard, um, as I uh, got back to trying to, you know, working on that book, um, we, I ended up serving as the editor of the book, um, which was an amazing experience, and I was very, very, very proud of it. Um, but it was one of those things that, um, you know, I think people try, you know, myself included, we try really hard to get back to being normal, as, as close to normal as possible, as soon as possible after a concussion or other brain injury. And um, sometimes it can be counterproductive. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> we have got to listen to our bodies, and it, and even me knowing that I, knowing the things that I know about about the brain, you know, I wasn't thinking clearly enough to really um, listen to my body at that time, and I I had a really rough time of it um, during those few months that I that I went forward with working on that. Um, so it was something that I had to stop and reevaluate um, after we were able to get the book published, and I took more time away from from anything, doing anything on the computer, and I had to take time off um, from, you know, using screens and everything again because I just said this is not good for my for my brain. It still isn't. It's not healing the way it should from that concussion. So it was something that I. I think we all fall in. I mean, everyone does this. I think there's nobody that I know yeah. who has great injury who hasn't done this. And I hear from people all the time, you know, well, I have to work. I can't, you know, I can't cut down. And I'm like, okay, well, how much are you working? Well, I'm working 60 hours a week. I have to. And it's oh. like, well, you know, if you want to heal, you're going to have to cut down, right? And, yeah. and you know, it's not a catch-22 because you got to work to make money and you need money to pay mm-hmm. your rent. But, you know, it's like you have to let your brain heal or you're never going to get better. Um, mm-hmm. So it is. It's it's such a double-edged sword sometimes. Yeah, so it's really, really hard. Um, we are just about out of time, and I do want to mention that I have your guys' book. Um, I have the link in the show notes um, to How to so Feed great. a Brain on Amazon. Yeah, um, I have my copy that Kevin sent me. It's awesome. Um, and, you know, I, I had had it before I met you, and it was just, it was so funny when we met and I hadn't, you know, made that whole connection yet of who you were and Kevin. Mm-hmm. It's just so funny how small the brain injury community, you know, really is. Um, so well, it's really. Yeah, exciting. we're on a mission. We're, yeah, we're, we're all on a joint mission, I think. And that's where when you are aligned in your, in your passion and your devotion to helping people with this, you're going to cross paths. So I think that it was meant to be that we would meet because we definitely have as the same kinds of goals for people and for helping others. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I'm so glad that we had the opportunity to meet out in D.C. And I just, you know, you you came here to Minneapolis uh, this summer? Yeah, fall? It in, I yeah, remember. It yeah, it was either June or July. I think it was July. Yeah, I came up to see Dr. Schmo. It was awesome. He gave me some treatments. And, uh, you know, I, I, he is a, a genius. He's really, he really good. I was so excited to, to meet him and to meet you and, and come up and really um, kind of fine-tune some of the stuff that I have still been dealing with. And so it was really nice. He, he really got to the bottom of some things that hadn't been, you know, found by other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is kind of a, I say he is the crazy mad scientist, you know, he, he uh, looks at people and he's like, oh, it's this blah, 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 and your brain isn't doing this. And it's like, how do you know that? It's so cool, though. Um, He's super smart. Yeah, it's inspiring. Yeah, I mean, I'm using my, I, I, you know, after I took some time off, um, after we published that book, um, I re- um, I, I took a course to get reinstated um, as an occupational therapist for my license in Texas. So, I mean, I'm inspired to go back to doing patient treatment. Um, mm-hmm. and now that I know so much about the experience on that side of it, um, you know, as a patient, I'm going to be helping others um, myself um, as an OT. Um, and I want to focus on brain injury um, and most particularly vision and auditory processing treatments um, because those are the areas that I had so much difficulty with myself and finding people who could do that type of therapy. And so I've actually been going to, um, you know, Dr. Schmoza, functional neurologist, and I've been going to some of the conferences with functional neurology to learn more about kind of yeah. the magic that he does <laughs> so that I can, I can start. I mean, he's, he's, he's kind of at the top of the pack when it comes to that, but like the concepts and the approach of really looking at the function of the brain and how it, how the different parts of the brain interact with each other and how it translates into your actual abilities to do various things and how you can use um, input and stimulation back to the brain to rehabilitate various areas and incorporating those kinds of concepts into what I'm going to be doing in my therapies with people. So, I mean, he's, he and others who are, who I've been following, um, their videos and people that like people that you, that you interview on your, um, series when you do, um, what's that series that you and Dr. Schmo do? Oh, the brain now. Yeah. The brain health summit. Yeah. Yeah. You got, that um, the people you interview there, like just so many of them are so inspiring. Um, and so kind of getting to meet some of them and, and follow some of them and, and take some of those uh, same types of approaches is what I, what I plan to do um, with helping patients. So I'm really excited to um, get started on that as soon as I can. Um, and that's kind of where my path is leading um, here soon. And that is so awesome. You know, I, I really think some of the best doctors are the ones who themselves have had the experience, um, you know, which Dr. Schmo has had uh, several concussions from skiing. So, um, you know, I really do think it's, it's the providers who've experienced it and they truly get it, um, not just at a learning level, right? Like they, mm-hmm. they get it at an experiential level. So mm-hmm. I know you're going to be fabulous at what you do with well, your occupational you. therapy. 
You're welcome. Thank you. So, Elizabeth, thank you so much for being here today. This has been a fabulous discussion, and thank you for bringing awareness to brain tumors and brain injury. Thank you. Amy, I do want to add one thing. If anyone wants to reach out to me, I do have an email. I don't have a website and, um, or anything yet, but if you want to reach out, you can reach me at Elizabeth at Feedabrain, and it's Elizabeth spelled with an S, not a Z, but Elizabeth at Feedabrain.com. <laughs> Um, and that would be um, if anyone would like to reach out and um, talk to me for any reason and um, learn more about what I'm going to be doing. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. And like I said, I have your um, your guys' book linked in the show notes. And anyone that is interested, be sure to check it out. It's a great book um, on how to change your diet to help your brain. So thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you for being a part of my journey. I really hope you enjoy today's discussion with Elizabeth Wilson. And just a reminder that you can find all of our previous podcasts at facesoftbi.com. And be sure to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zalmer. And just another big thank you to Midwest Functional Neurology Center. You can find them online at mnfunctionalneurology.com. They are the concussion doctors you can trust in the Midwest. Thank you so much for listening and being a part of my journey. Have a great day, everyone, and I'll see you next time.